Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to The Gutsy Gutsy Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories, and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Amanda Bartell is the owner of White Lotus Pottery. Before becoming a full-time potter, she spent over a decade as an occupational therapist, a profession founded on the idea that meaningful activity is the best way to support health and well-being. Today, her studio is a sanctuary for her students to enjoy the therapeutic experience of making functional art and practice the complete harmony of mind, body, and spirit it requires to work with clay. Hi, friends. We're so excited to have you back at this week's episode and to introduce you to our lovely friend, Amanda Bartell. She is the owner of White Lotus Pottery and a dear friend of ours. So welcome to The Gussie Truth. Thank you, Caitlin and Abigail. It's so nice to be here. (laughs) Yes, Yes. we're so excited. So tell us who you are, your story, how you got into pottery, all about your journey. Sure. Yes. Um, My name is Amanda Bartell, and I am the owner and founder of White Lotus Pottery. Uh, that's where I am right now, but obviously stories are many and come from, you know, the beginning. I yeah. was yeah. You know, born in Virginia. I grew up <laughs> in New Jersey. Um, I went to school in upstate New York for occupational therapy. That's where I got my undergrad and my graduate degree. So I started my like adult life career as an occupational therapist, primarily mm-hmm. working with children with special needs, autism, sensory processing issues, ADHD. Those were like the areas of expertise that I have, but I certainly have worked with the full spectrum of human all the way up to like death and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was my life for over a decade, mm-hmm. my adult life for over a decade. Um, and it definitely brought me all over the place. After I graduated, I started traveling. I lived in California for a little bit. I lived in Boston for a little bit. I made my way back to upstate New York where, um, where I met my husband, uh, who was a grad student and, um, his pickup text line (laughs) after we met in a, in a bar, uh, six weeks later was, uh, do you want to get together for drinks and talk about happiness? Um, Oh, love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. So, and he asked me that. take note. (laughs) Exactly. But the reason he asked me that was because when we met in the bar, he asked like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. Um, and I said I was an occupational therapist and in grad school, I wrote my thesis on happiness. Uh And yeah. And at the time, he was not feeling very happy. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know that when he was I met ready him, to learn from you. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I, I need this girl. In yeah. My life. Yeah. Um, oh that's my gosh, amazing. that's yeah. amazing. So uh, I don't think we talked about happiness on our first date, but <laughs> um, but that was like, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once we got together, we started moving a whole bunch because he's a historian and did research all over the world for his first book. And that eventually brought us to uh, College Station, Texas, Mm -hmm. where he is a professor at um, Texas Mm A&M. And uh, yeah, so like the the moving around all over the place started in the country. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced that we we're together and he wanted to be with me because I could get a job no matter where we moved. (laughs) That is a skill. As a therapist. Yeah. 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 Um, But then we started moving internationally. So we were in Germany for a year and it would have been pretty tricky to do occupational therapy because I didn't speak German Yeah, Yeah. and I didn't have a license to practice in Europe. Um, So pottery trickled in as much more of a focus because mm-hmm. while it was a hobby as we were bouncing around all over the the U.S. Mm-hmm. and everywhere we moved I always found a studio that would take me in kind of like miraculously serendipitously like yeah. just walked in and they were like yeah sure we have a two-year waiting list but we'd love you to start on Thursday yeah you know like <laughs> yeah. that like that was a line that really yeah. did happen That's in crazy. Washington D.C. yeah yeah um so in Germany, the same thing happened. Like I walked into a studio and I said, you know, can I uh, maybe work here sometimes? And she was like, yeah, in fact, could you run our gallery while I'm gone for two months in France? What? And then when, <laughs> yeah, like I just like, hi, yeah, I'm Amanda. Hi. <laughs> this yeah. is my husband, Fritz. We don't speak German. Can I 
do yeah. some? And she's like, yeah, actually just run it for me, please. Yeah. Roger LaFalque, amazing human. Um, oh and then when, I, when she came back from, from her trip to France, she asked if I would start teaching classes for her. So that's where I started teaching pottery classes. Mm-hmm. And that was very much like a, um, a transition in my mind and in my life from, uh, who I am and what I do and like where those things intersect Mm -hmm. and uh how how we define ourselves as people and a lot of that is career-based yeah Yeah. like I was always an occupational therapist and that was Mm -hmm. like an important part of my identity and to kind of start to shed that expectation of myself Mm -hmm. and um and of others too Mm -hmm. like it's it's hard to meet somebody new and not be like, and what do you do? Yeah, it's right. like the oh, very yeah. first question, and then for that person not to answer with their their career. Right, right, um, right. It, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird cultural thing yeah. that is is more than just cultural for you know people in the U.S. It's it's all over the the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of refocusing my identity, and I think in in Germany because I wasn't practicing as a therapist Mm -hmm. and I was in a pottery studio almost every day I had this shift of like I'm a potter and that felt really good and the things that I benefited benefited from as a potter I was accessing on a regular basis which um just was just so positive in my yeah. life. And then when we came back to the United States, we also continued to bounce around the U.S. a little <laughs> bit more. Um, but we ended up in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, after a little stint in upstate New York. Um, and that was when I stopped practicing and started teaching, mm-hmm. not just occupational therapists, but anybody that kind of uh, worked in the health field particularly dealing with children, but not mm-hmm. necessarily. So psychologists, physical therapists, speech therapists, behavioralists, nurses, um, psychiatrists would take continuing education. You have to take continuing education yeah. courses. And my course was about neurodevelopment in children and how um, understanding the neurology and how your brain grows and develops affects behavior and processing and function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in a therapeutic way and, and how we can kind of change and use neuroplasticity yeah. to help improve the lives of children and people yeah. as they grow and function in their day-to-day life and in their school. Mm-hmm. So that was like what I was doing. I would fly to a city, teach a six, mm-hmm. seven hour course, get in a rental car, drive to the next closest city, teach oh, wow. the same <laughs> course, do it again the next day and then fly home. And then I'd have two weeks off. Yeah. So I would just be in my studio and I started to build the pottery studio in New Haven, Mm -hmm. Connecticut, where I was teaching classes and I was doing a lot of markets and selling. And I just, I would be in the studio like 24 seven. Yeah. Um, just making stuff. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. was such a meditative place and space. One Mm -hmm. of the people that I shared the studio with called the studio, her sanctuary, Mm -hmm. which I think is like, I've stolen that. Like it is a sanctuary. It's a place of retreat and respite and healing and wellness that I, I have not found in other ways in my life personally, that is, that can be so consistent and accessible to me Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So that was like a really rewarding thing. And then we uprooted our lives again, just as I was like <laughs> establishing myself yeah. in, in New Haven, Connecticut, and we moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. But it was a great move because it was a full break from my life as a therapist. I stopped teaching. Mm-hmm. I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So there's another transition coming here. Mm-hmm. But um, it uh, moving here with Fritz working as a full-time professor um, allowed me to open a studio yeah. that was my very own. It wasn't a shared space. It was just mine. I had five wheels and a kiln for the first time that were all mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could kind of run it exactly the way that I envisioned and dreamed. And it's continued. And we've we've actually moved the studio since then mm-hmm. um, through another beautiful serendipitous story. There's so many stories yeah. you know, that are associated. <laughs> but um, we moved and opened a new studio in now my converted garage. Uh-huh. The house was built by a potter and her academic husband in 1986 and yeah there's just this amazing we found each other through another ceramic connection penny who Mm -hmm. owns you painted pottery here in college station texas connected us because he wanted to donate his wife's um, book she died five years before i met him Mm -hmm. and he was looking to downsize 
and offered to donate his books, her books to my studio. And in the process of bringing them all to, to the mm-hmm. studio, I got to know him and see his house a little bit. And yeah. two months after all the books were comfortably on the shelves, <laughs> uh, he let us know that he found a place to live in Colorado and offered to sell us his house. So, so <laughs> oh yes, please. I was very yeah. pregnant at the time, and the two-bedroom apartment was not going to be yeah. a long-term solution for our growing family. So yeah. it was like the most incredible yeah relocation and I'm so you know I'm so grateful to him and the cosmos for yeah. Yeah. kind of bringing us together yeah yeah that's I yeah I remember I still remember like the first mm-hmm. time like you called our office because this was back in when when Abigail and I were working together and you were trying to get plugged in with our events in downtown and all that yeah. and like hearing your story and then just throughout your journey moving here and then you getting your studio up and running and then buying the house. It was just like the stars were aligning for you. And it was really cool to witness just like, obviously like your, your journey as a potter was just like continuing to say, yes, Amanda, like this is what you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing. It was just kind of crazy to everything. Just like, at least from the outside looking in, it looked like just things were falling into place for you here. Yeah, that's well said. Yes, Amanda. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the important thing is like I had to be in a place to say yes back, right? Yes. Like, so you put yourself out there, mm-hmm. you see what happens. And maybe if your eyes are closed, you don't see what happens and mm-hmm. you miss those opportunities. And I, I feel like we've been really open Mm-hmm. to like all of the possibilities that have sort of come our way and said yes to the right things at the right times. And it's just all kind of worked out. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. That is yeah. amazing. So yeah. Talk to us about pottery in general. Like what, what do you love about it? What, what is that experience like? Yeah. Just talk, share with us about that. Yeah. Um, this is going to allow me to tap into a little bit of my occupational therapy background and stuff that I haven't actually put in words since I was a grad student, I think. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Yeah. So, uh, but something that's very present in the pottery process. Mm -hmm. So like there is this um, field called positive psychology. Maybe Mm -hmm. you've you've been aware Mm -hmm. of it, but um, a a pretty big voice in that field is um, Mahai, Sheiksa Mahai. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. And he talked about this concept of flow. Okay. and flow, and I actually have some quotes from flow is something that you achieve when you're completely absorbed in a challenge, but doable task. Mm-hmm. And like when you're doing something that is that, mm-hmm. uh, you can lose track of time or time speeds up and yeah. you're, you're just like totally in the moment mm-hmm. and so happy in that moment. Mindfulness is happening. Like mm-hmm. it's just like all the right things and you get into this pattern of just continuing, continuing, continuing because the, the, the level of challenge matches your abilities in just the right way mm-hmm. that makes you feel really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he said, uh, she his name is pronounced Sheik send me high. Okay. That's his last name. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it's spelled tricky. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Spelled tricky. We'll yeah. Google it and put it in yeah. the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. Um, so he said the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. And he said that uh, that flow is a state in which people are so involved in the activity that nothing else seems to matter. Mm. And the experience is so enjoyable that a person will continue to do it, even at great costs, for the sheer sake of doing it. And I find when I'm doing pottery, mm-hmm. um, I completely lose myself. Yeah. And I would, especially, I think New Haven, Connecticut is where I really started to get this because I had the time to be in the studio for so long. Now mm-hmm. as a mom of two littles, mm-hmm. um, there's less, you know, div- time yeah. that I just have like endless hours to do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> Darn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would I would go to the studio in the morning and I just start making stuff. And at like one in the afternoon, I'd start not doing very well like mm-hmm. the the pattern and the flow that I was in was being interrupted because like my pots would keep failing and crashing and uh-huh. then I'd look at the clock and realize I hadn't eaten anything in like five hours yeah because I, or I would like go until like three in the morning yeah like oh, if Fritz was away I just I I just keep going and I'd yeah. be like it's really late yeah and I had I had no idea that yeah. like that time would yeah. just pass mm-hmm. like I, I, I couldn't even believe it 
Um, so that's the kind of, uh, thing that pottery offers to me. And I, I mean, I think you can experience flow in all kinds of different yeah, definitely. Uh, things, but definitely art is a mm -hmm. great way of all kinds. Mm -hmm. Before mm -hmm. I was into pottery, I was, I did a stint of quilting and mm -hmm. I could quilt for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it depends on who you are and what you're doing that you can achieve this state of flow, but it's such a healthy place to be. Um, the other thing that, uh, kind of comes back from my happiness research. Mm -hmm. This um, psychologist named Sonia Lyon-Bomersky, who I think is still based at the University of California, talked about happiness. Mm -hmm. uh, and I used a lot of her research when I was doing my yeah. research. Um, but she talks about how happiness happens, how it's influenced. Um, and she talks about it coming from three different things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she's not the the only person who's ever written, but yeah. she was a big influence and, and what I kind of think about. Um, so she said that 50% of a person's happiness is genetic. So there's like a predestined set point that okay. anybody has. And, um, that is a fairly substantial, um, yeah. you know, contribution yeah. to like your overall right. happiness. Um, the second component of your happiness is your circumstances. And that accounts for 10% which is relatively small. And circumstances yeah. she, she classifies as like um, where you live, what your job is. She even identifies like your um, gender, I mm -hmm. think, counts as a hmm. circumstance that she talks about. Yeah. And the reason why circumstances are so small in mm -hmm. how much they influence your overall happiness is because um, humans are so adaptive. Mm -hmm. So we adapt to our circumstances and then whatever they might be, doesn't matter. Even like something like winning the lottery or being in a serious accident where you lose the function of your legs. Yeah. So those are also considered circumstances because mm -hmm. the truth is if, and research has shown, like if somebody wins the lottery and they were in a really low socioeconomic place, mm -hmm. um, so socioeconomic status counts as a circumstance, yeah. even after they've won the lottery and they don't have to worry about like their financial well-being right. anymore, they're demeanor their their happiness levels kind of go back to where they were sure even though that circumstance has changed yeah hmm. not that it wouldn't be helpful but but right. yeah you know. <laughs> right yeah. yeah um so that leaves 40 percent mm -hmm. for the third component of what makes happiness um and she calls it intentional activity occupational therapists in my happiness research might call it volitional activity mm -hmm. so this is um what you do yeah. how you think about your life and your world. Um, if you are taking time to express gratitude, if you are taking time to volunteer, setting a goal and trying to achieve it, mm -hmm. setting a, a goal that is reachable, right? Yeah. 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 So like, yeah. It's not just a goal, a reachable goal. Um, those are all really important parts that contribute to your happiness. And mm -hmm. the most, the takeaway here is that is stuff that we're in control of. Right. So pottery embraces a lot of that for me. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of the folks that I work with, it's a choice that I make mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, to go to the studio, to set a goal of making a mug, a teapot, a whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing that come to fruition and having a finished product at the end. Mm -hmm. Or on the bigger scale, I want to have a business yeah. that is pottery and yeah. shifting my life uh, mm -hmm. to like opening this business and watch it grow, create a community around that business, which is a really essential part for me is having this community mm -hmm. where lovely, beautiful humans can come together and create things that they think are beautiful, feel yeah. the reward in that process, support each other. And then, um, like kind of the, the ripples are spreading. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's definitely a part of it to get to pottery specifically and less psychologically. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, this, this is great. Is, uh, this is great. I'm so mesmerized <laughs> right now. Um, pottery is such a sensory experience. Yeah. So like getting your hands dirty in the clay. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're playing with mud. Yeah. There's a smell <laughs> yeah. to it. There's a, you know, th there's a visual component to it. There's the extreme tactile feeling to it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, I mean, it's super physical. The satisfaction of cleaning it up at the end 
sounds silly, but it feels really good to clean a pottery studio for me. And yeah. I'm a little OCD, so it kind of checks the my like OCD box of yeah. like I'm gonna scrub that spot until it's gone. But it's so satisfying because clay is really easy to clean up. One yeah. sponge wipe and it's gone. Yeah. Um. So that's like a do- that's like a gratification. It's like hitting the dopamine yeah. <laughs> spikes in my yeah. brain, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, and then there's like the actual creating of something sparks joy three times over. So I mm-hmm. get joy because during the process, the flow that I'm feeling is mm-hmm. is making me feel joyful. Mm-hmm. Then you have the finished product and it doesn't get old. Opening the kiln is like Christmas morning every time. And that <laughs> yeah. is like such a like such yeah. a joyful thing when you yeah. take out that piece that you've been working on for right. a long time. There's a lot of delayed gratification that comes with pottery. It's not a, like you sit down and two hours later you have a finished product. It takes a lot of times in my studio at least a month mm-hmm. before you see something in its final form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third spark of joy comes in the actual using of your finished pro of my finished product yeah. or the giving of it or mm. the seeing it in somebody else's house. Caitlin, when we walked in <laughs> and like a picture that I made yep. was yeah. on your dining room table yeah. with flowers in it. Yeah. That like brings me joy to yeah. see all the good positive energy that yeah. went into making that piece mm-hmm. is now, you know, fueling a different space and yeah. like yeah. enjoying that. So there's like that, that part of it, the process itself um, like I said, it's a it's a long term goal to make a teapot takes a while. So sure. I just uh, I use this example because I just started making a teapot this past week. Um, so the first step is to make the form mm-hmm. and the top. Okay. So like the round body of the teapot and the lid that's going to fit on top. It's not done at that stage. That needs to sit for a day or two to dry out okay. a bit. And then you come back to the wheel and you make the spout. Mm-hmm. And you pull the handle and then you trim the teapot and the lid so that they fit together. Mm-hmm. And then you attach the hand, the spout and the handle and make sure you have like some kind of a knob or something on the right lid so somebody can open it. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, it has to sit under plastic so it can dry very slowly and all the molecules of the clay can kind of fuse together and they won't fall apart. Mm-hmm. And the liquid in the clay can be a little bit more homogenized in a slower drying process. Um, So then another week or two might go by depending on the humidity in the air. Yeah. So you're like, you, you're dependent on the environment too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it goes in the kiln for 24 hours. It Mm -hmm. comes out, you glaze it, and then it goes back in the kiln for 24 hours. So that whole process is long. Yeah. 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 Weeks. Weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't run a kiln with one teapot in it. Right. So my kiln's pretty big. So I need to not just make that teapot, but enough stuff to fill the rest of it. So that teapot might not be fired for two months, depending on like how active I am in the studio and how active my students are in the studio. So it takes a long time. And that, that delayed gratification is not something that I think is present in our culture these days Mm-mm. oh my yeah, gosh no. yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, no. text messaging email instant 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 everything. you don't even have to wait to see the next episode in the season that you're watching on right yeah because netflix has them all so you can binge watch. you know like yeah. there's yeah. just it's just not there yeah um so to like choose to engage in something that forces delayed gratification mm-hmm. um is hard yeah but you get the rewards and they're yeah. they're real um so there's that when I'm making a pot, uh, it's a very mindful activity. Mm-hmm. So there's like this complete mind, body, spirit kind of blending happening. If your body, and I, I talk about stillness a lot when I'm teaching, so you need to come to the studio with a still mind, body, and spirit. So body, you physically need to sit still yeah. when you're making a pot, pretty much the chaos of the spinning wheel is where all the movement happens. And in order to make a form that is symmetrical, you need to be as still as possible Mm -hmm. in that process. Um, Your innards need to be still. So like I talked about forgetting to eat. Mm -hmm. I always tell my students, make sure you eat something before you come because it won't work. You, you can't, you can't 
function mm-hmm. if your body doesn't have fuel. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And this is an involved, like, full body experience. So mm-hmm. you need to make sure that that part, your belly is still. Mm-hmm. Um, and your mind needs to be still. So you, if you're stressing about your home life, your work life, whatever, mm-hmm. is the to-do list, the grocery list, whatever it might be, you're going to be so distracted by those elements that you're not going to be successful on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, that's the other aspect of the Sheiks and flow is those things disappear so that you are fully present. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, results in like some, some beautiful things. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is regulating breath and heartbeat happen at the wheel. And I, um, I try to teach my students to breathe with their movements, mm-hmm. kind of like you do in yoga. Yeah. Um, because if you don't breathe, if your brain doesn't have oxygen, your muscles don't work. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah. and it's, uh, I, I see people hold their breath all the time when they're trying to do something tricky and sure. do a, what's called a pull to get the, the pot to get taller. Mm-hmm. Um, people hold their breath because they're afraid that breathing will make them wiggle too much or move too much but it turns out you actually do need that oxygen yeah to 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 make it work um so like slowing the breath taking a deep breath being mindful of your breath and matching your breath to your movement so that it doesn't mess up your pull and and Mm -hmm. your piece that you're making um changes your heart rate Mm-hmm. So like if you've heard of like box breathing where you yep. do four mm-hmm. second inhale, hold for four seconds and then four second exhale, yep. um, you know, significantly reduces your heart rate because breath and heart rate are are correlated. Mm-hmm. So if your heart rate is going fast, you're breathing more, but you can change that by changing your breath. Right. Um, so you you get those psych um, physiological benefits mm-hmm. when working at the wheel if you're thoughtful about it. It also requires, sorry, I, I could just go. No, and go, this go. is amazing. Yeah, keep please, going. Please go. <laughs> um, you get a combination of both hemispheres and the prefrontal cortex and the motor cortex stimulated in the brain to get a little bit nerdy with neurology here mm-hmm. to make a pot. So you have your, your two sides of your body working together. That requires some crossing of the two hemispheres to coordinate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the creative process that is unfolding also stimulates all of, all parts of your mm-hmm. brain. Um, the visual cortex is stimulated because we're seeing this cycling spinning thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're just you're just hitting like all these different yeah, positive yeah. places in your brain. And there's all this research actually that shows how art and creative activity can make a positive uh, brain change, which yeah. is really exciting. And I mean, I don't, I don't think my students come to class thinking like, I'm going to make a positive brain change. Yeah. No. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something that happens passively, but really positively. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because we see that when all of those uh, parts of the brain are stimulated and talking to each other, mm-hmm. which is not something that a lot of our life might offer to have this um, really integrated brain activity. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that stress goes down. Uh, we see that pain goes down. Mm-hmm. So like people who are engaged in like art classes, go to the doctor less, go to the hospital less, have yeah. decreased chronic pain, mm-hmm. decreased stress. It makes you more resilient when there is a stressor. So there's like all these like positive health components that yeah. come with it too. And then add a, a community that, you know, that you can be a part of that is supportive that, that I mean, my students celebrate each other every day. They get yeah. so yeah. excited to see what somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And that feels so good. It's like so gratifying. So yeah, what does pottery do for me? It does everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Everything. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I've never, obviously I need to like sign up for a class like today. Cause I've, it's been on my to-do list to do with you forever, but like, obviously like I've already wanted to do it, but now I'm like even more sold. And like, I think from my perspective, like since I haven't actually done a pottery class, like I've known that just through like seeing your students or like what I've seen on social media or movies or whatever, like, you know, that you're building something and then it can collapse like immediately. Right. And, and I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned through that process, but like everything else you're talking about is like, Whoa, (laughs) everyone needs to be doing pottery. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Cause like, I know how difficult it is for me to like, 
be still mm-hmm. and not be like thinking of like the to-do list I have going on or just feel like I should focus on just one thing, right? Like that's really hard for me yeah. to do. And Join the club. Yeah, yeah. right. And and so like that just sounds like so refreshing just to like, because mm-hmm. I, th- I was actually thinking about this when I was putting flowers in the vases in my house is like, that's been, is very therapeutic for me just to arrange flowers. Cause it's creative and it's fun. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I like stop thinking about other things while I do it. But I feel like pottery and everything you explain is like a whole nother level because of that physical aspect and the energy that goes into it. Oh my gosh. Like this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is so awesome. Yeah. It just oh. like, I mean, you're clearly very passionate about yes. this and I love that you've, you've, like taking all these aspects of like, right. You're not just like, Oh, I just love creative things, you know? And that was your answer. Like you went deep down to the, it's literally like rewiring your brain, like scientific answer. And I love, that's what we love about having this podcast is we can talk about these things that most people are probably like, okay, cool. Like there's some pottery lady on your podcast. I want to make a pretty vase. Yeah. I make a pretty (laughs) vase, but it's like, no, like this is, this is why, like, because you are doing something that is so positive for your mental and emotional and spiritual well-being in all aspects right and then it's almost like making the pot is like the afterthought of it it's like you've made the thing right and you're like oh yeah I did that but I went on this incredible life journey over these (laughs) weeks and I made a cup (laughs) yeah yeah so I think it's so beautiful how you described it all and it's just so refreshing to see someone have a passion for something that is so multi-layered that then like I felt like I was sitting in your studio just now like watching you create something and seeing this transformation happen mm-hmm. and so yeah now I have to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing totally. now I have to be there we're going I'm going sounds great you're welcome yeah. anytime yeah <laughs> well so my dad took a class for me for the first time ever my mm-hmm. mom has done a couple of classes with me but my yeah. dad and mom were visiting uh just this past spring and my dad tried it for the first time and my dad took uh, picked up meditation a uh-huh. couple of years ago mm-hmm. was a, a guy who had serious anger management issues, mm-hmm. a victim of PTSD and mm-hmm. chronic trauma sure. uh, or compounded PTSD. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, there's just like a lot of stuff in his sure. past. And he started meditating probably like six years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's kind of adapted a new lifestyle of wellness and using, um, using mindfulness Mm -hmm. in a very effective way that has Mm -hmm. really changed the way he is. So he took this pottery class from me and I, I was like, dad, for me, it's meditation, but I just want to warn you when it's new, it, you know, it's, it's hard. Pottery isn't easy, Yeah, but I always tell like my new students, it's not easy, but the cool thing is I know you can do it and mm-hmm. you can do it on your first try. It might not be, you know, like a MoMA worthy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. vessel, yeah. But, but, um, but you'll make something that you can use every day for the rest of your life because mm-hmm. it's, you know, going to be a, a real piece of pottery. Yeah. Uh, and he, he went in with very low expectations <laughs> of himself, sure, which is fine, you know? Yeah. Um, and he did much better than what he thought uh-huh. he would do uh-huh. and was so jazzed about yeah. <laughs> like the experience. And he actually did feel like it was kind of meditative. Yeah. Even, um, and I think it's cause like what you were saying, Caitlin, the, the ability to like detach mm-hmm. from everything else that's going on and really be fully focused on and present mm-hmm. and mindful in this moment of, of making this piece with this goal in mind, um, was just very freeing for Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And I, I mean, he, I got to hear him articulate that in a way that was much deeper and more extensive than a lot of the students who come for a date night or, yeah, Yeah. um, right. They say that was really fun. Thanks for taking pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you in a month when it comes out of the kiln, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was nice to hear his take on it, uh, as somebody who has made such a big transition in his life mm-hmm. and understands what meditation is mm-hmm. on a deeper level and, um, and then, and see how that's linked to pottery. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love how you've like linked all this to physical health in a lot of way, like specifically physical health, obviously, like I said, emotional and spiritual too. But mm-hmm. cause we talk about you, there's so many things you can do to add value to your life in a physical wellness capacity, right? Uh, Caitlin, and I talk about it from all different angles. And so most people probably wouldn't think like doing something creative. And like you said, like 
art specifically or something in that creative space has that capacity. Like it could be knitting, quilting, painting, pottery, any of the above. And yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think most people would sit down and think, they think, okay, I need to do something that adds to my physical well-being. I should go on a walk. I should do some yoga. All great things. Yeah, all great things too, right? But they're probably not thinking like, like a project based kind of a thing. Right. So I think it's a cool spin on like, like you said, it's like a therapy in its own way in so many different aspects just to get people thinking outside the box a little bit. Definitely. And I think an aspect of that too is people are so afraid of being selfish Mm -hmm. in their own wellness journey. And if you're, you know, if you have a full-time job, if you're a parent, Mm -hmm. if, I mean, yeah, if if you have responsibilities, period, um, it's hard to, say this is my me time Mm -hmm. and to be intentional about that Mm -hmm. Uh, and I I mean I think it's so important to live an intentional life no matter what you do and and that's what mindfulness is right it's like whatever you're doing you are fully present in that moment Mm -hmm. and in that moment you can find joy and happiness yeah Um, and meaningfulness I think is like the more current uh, word to be using yeah back when I did my happiness research my meaningful or mindfulness wasn't in the in the lingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I think like, yeah, meaningfulness, mindfulness mm-hmm. um, is happiness, wellness, like all those, all those words mm-hmm. uh, are something that people are afraid to pursue because they feel like it might be selfish. Sure. But actually when we take the time for ourselves, mm-hmm. it allows us to be much more selfless. Yes. In the other aspects of our life. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I mean, I have people who I mean, maybe don't really have the money to take pottery classes, Mm -hmm. but they do it because it's it's a choice that they make of how they're going to allocate their funds because they've decided this is important for them. Mm -hmm. I have people in my class that maybe don't have the time Mm -hmm. to be in pottery class because they have all these other things going on, but they do it because they've decided that this is important for them and they're life and their wellness. Yeah. Um, and so I, I am so proud of those people and so grateful to those people that they mm-hmm. choose to be in my studio and choose to be a part of our community mm-hmm. um, because they add so much with mm-hmm. each perspective you yeah. know, com- comes with a lot of, you know, wealth. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that's part of the, part of the issue is like. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, that's a hundred percent on point. So many people we've interviewed on the gutsy truth, they say that too. Right. And mm-hmm. like when you talk about in a health and wellness space, you know, what's the number one thing, you know, when people are like, Oh, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to like think about meal prepping or right. working out or this and that and the other. But it's again, it's when you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Right. So if you're going to say, if you're going to say yes to maybe sitting down watching Netflix for an hour or two every night, you're saying no to maybe just going on a walk for 30 minutes after mm-hmm. dinner and, and vice versa too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, you've got to pick and choose what works best for you in your life and your family yeah. too. Right. But yeah, it's, I, I just love that you've got, you see that in your students that are saying yes to pottery classes because it's bringing them so much more than just a beautiful piece of pottery in their home. Mm-hmm. That's just like the added bonus. Right. <laughs> like right. it's bringing them something that they need. And I can, right. I can personally relate to that in so many aspects. I mean, and, and just so many different ways of my life where I'm just like, you feel guilty, especially if you're a parent too, you tend to feel extra guilty and you're like, mm-hmm. but it's like you have 24 hours in a day. If you spent one hour on yourself, that's 23 hours you're spending on everything else of yeah. your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the grand scheme of that, like it's minuscule. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a good, a good gutsy reminder, like spend that hour on yourself yeah. because it's going to come back tenfold. Right. In, what in you my might case, need. two and a half, because yep. that's how long the pot is. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> two and a half hours. Yeah. But that's, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Point yeah. taken. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's also a reminder that wellness is so much more than just food and nutrition and doctors exercise. and exercise yeah. and movement and all that. It's mm-hmm. being creative and um, artistic and doing something like that with your hands mm-hmm. and the sensory aspect of mm-hmm. it as well, I think is just good. Like, you know, we talk about grounding a lot, the importance of just like walking barefoot on the grass and just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. connecting with the earth Playing and with mud. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Like, and you get more grounded. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's <laughs> like it. such a good thing just to get your, like the sensory aspect of it, I think is just really cool as well. And I think, yeah, just a reminder of like, Sure, you can focus on nutrition and do all the right things, but just if you're not taking the time to like be still or be creative or or any of that, like you're you're missing out on so much more. 
Right. Yeah, we need to be holistic about the way we approach our lives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's so amazing. Hi, friends. I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full-service website and marketing solutions. They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. When we first started The Gutsy Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, but quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be gutsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. So what... um I guess tell us what maybe have been some surprises about teaching, maybe from a teaching aspect or maybe pottery in general. We'll let you pick on the answer on this. But what have been something like when you first started, like just you took a pottery class years ago and you're like, oh, this is cool. I like it. Like, and you got more and more into it now that you have your own studio and teaching all these students and selling all your products that you've created. Like what's been a big surprise that you've probably never saw coming? Well, I mean, the fact that I am a potter. Yeah, is a surprise. You know, yeah. like I, I was pretty set on being an occupational therapist and it's a wonderful profession and yeah. I had a lot of meaning in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not knocking occupational yeah, yeah. therapy in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that meeting my husband mm-hmm. and all the moves that we did, I'm blaming him. So, yeah, so it's a, that was a total surprise to sure. have this be what my life looks like yeah um 13 years later I've been mm-hmm. doing oh, I think it'll be the 13th year this uh this April that I've since I saw yeah. a wheel for the first time and sure I, the first lesson was the first time I'd ever seen a wheel yeah ever I I mean besides like ghost <laughs> yeah. yeah Demi Moore and Patrick yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that was the only time I'd ever seen one so it was like you know I was like this could be cool yeah you know uh-huh. and I liked what pottery looked like. Yeah. And I thought it would be nice to, to have some. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I saw the price tag on the bottom of a plate and I was like, I don't think I can buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll just make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. the joke is it, it takes uh, a lot of years to be able to make the plate that I saw in that store with the, the big price tag on it and yep. like all the money that went into learning, learning. Uh, far outweighed that cost of the one plate that I liked. Right. But, I have opened up a whole new life because of it. And that was a a complete surprise Mm -hmm. that has slowly unfolded over 13 years. Um, So that's definitely a surprise. I didn't know when I started that teaching was going to be such Mm -hmm. uh, as important component as the making process. And Mm -hmm. to be able to share the skill, I've always liked teaching. I mean, truly, I I learn best if I teach Mm -hmm. um, and I enjoy it more if I share. Mm -hmm. So you know, teaching pottery was definitely a natural evolution. I don't know why I never thought that I would do it, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah, here, you know, here we are. Um, and that, that is a big part of, um, my joy of pottery and also like the business itself is like Mm -hmm. a lot of the income comes from teaching classes. Um, so yeah, so that, that was a bit of a surprise too, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just how much, that fulfills me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good reminder going back to what you said at the beginning of just like being defined as, you know, an occupational therapist, like Abigail and I have talked about on our journeys as, you know, growing up singing and a musician, Abigail with her experience as an, uh, doing equestrian and mm-hmm. all that. It's just like, you're so defined by something for so long mm-hmm. and, um, being able to like be okay to shed that off and put, try something new Mm -hmm. I think is just a really good reminder of not um like having to do things forever and just like Mm -hmm. kind of like with 
having to move around so much, like different opportunities were at your, your, your fingertips and mm-hmm. con- continue, continuing to pursue those and not just being stuck of like, well, I've done this and I went to school for this. So therefore I've got to do that for the rest of my life, you right. know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've talked about seasons, Caitlin, mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Um, I, that's such a good, uh, that's such a good word mm-hmm. to describe really like any part of your life. And I like it because it is, an indication that like where we are is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Right. But also seasons are cyclical, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so you go winter, spring, summer, fall, and then you go winter, spring, summer, fall, and mm-hmm. then you go winter, spring, summer, fall. Right. So like there is a cycle to this and I don't, you know, I don't know if my occupational therapy career will come back in the same way that it happened, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Right. Um, but in you know this podcast is an indication that it's not really gone. Yeah, and, and oh, maybe absolutely. I'm cycling back through it. Um, yeah, and certainly as a parent, I'm using mm-hmm. the the things that I learned as a pediatric therapist with mm-hmm. my children. Um, and you know I don't I don't know where it's going, and I don't know what pottery will look like. Yeah, and what white lotus pottery will look like. Yeah. you know a decade from now. Um, mm-hmm. but I guarantee that we'll see echoes of everything that has ever happened yeah. over and over and over again throughout our lives because that's what seasons do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. a good reminder as well. Where did the name white lotus come from? Oh, um, good question. Um, so when I was in Germany, mm-hmm. I couldn't bring a whole lot of stuff back because we like went to Germany for a year mm-hmm. with one suitcase each. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I couldn't buy a lot of like gear yeah. Yeah. and like pottery equipment, but there, and there, the cool thing about pottery is you don't need very much equipment mm-hmm. or you could have tons of equipment yeah. like, and anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't buying tons of equipment. I was using what was available in the studio and pretty minimalist, but I did pick up a stamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, very small fits in your wallet stamp that mm-hmm. I started using to stamp my pieces with. And I still stamp all my pieces with it. And it's a little Lotus flower. Yeah. Um, and I bought it because I liked it. Yeah. Like that, that was really like the extent <laughs> of it. Yeah. And then we moved back to Ithaca, New York, and I started making things and selling things mm-hmm. a little bit more regularly. And I continued to stamp mm-hmm. stuff with my little Lotus stamp. And then I was like, you know, I really should make this a, I, I need a business name. Yeah. And I didn't feel comfortable with like pottery by Amanda. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed to, not, not that there's anything wrong with. Yeah. Yeah. With this wasn't that. your vibe. Wasn't my vibe. It was, it was too like egocentric for me. Sure. Uh, or so I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I bought the stamp because it was pretty. Mm-hmm. And I started stamping my pieces Right, and then, then, yeah, and then I was like, I need a name for my mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And I played with a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, I was taking astrology classes mm. from the most amazing person uh, and teacher. She taught life, not just astrology, but yeah. she, she was a teacher of life. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, she taught using all different modalities, like poetry and music and... Um, different religions. And so there was a lot of Buddhism references Mm -hmm. and I, I learned about, um, the symbolism of the Lotus flower and there's different colors and you see this, the symbol of the Lotus flower throughout different Hinduism. There's also, Mm -hmm. um, symbology with, with the Mm -hmm. Lotus. Um, but the white Lotus specifically, uh, has to do with this place in your spiritual journey where you lose the sense of self and become one with the all. Mm-hmm. like every the universe yeah. kind of um and that was so true of what was happening to me and you can use psychology terms and talk about she's my highest flow yeah or you can use buddhist terms and talk about white lotus yeah so um i was like i have this stamp this is what i love and this white lotus symbol is so accurate for like what my experience is in the moment uh and so that's that's what i picked and i have never like looked back the other, I mean, the other symbology of the Lotus itself, forget religion and astrology and whatever the Lotus flower grows in swamps out of muck. Yeah. So there's like just a lot of goo (laughs) dirt and muddy stuff. And then out of that comes this beautiful nature's art. Uh, Mm -hmm. and a Lotus flower is so beautiful. So that kind of feels like what making a pot is you take a lump of mud 
and you turn it into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it, it fit on like all these different levels. Oh yeah, that That's definitely amazing. that yeah. definitely fits with it as well. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. yeah. No, this has been this has been so awesome to hear more about your story and just like the beautiful, like powerful aspects of mm-hmm. pottery that I never really thought about before. Yeah, and I don't know if that's something that every I I doubt every potter has that maybe depth to how they approach it but I think it's just so beautiful and healing and I'm ready to try to make something yeah (laughs) sounds great so ready (laughs) um well is there anything else that like from that you would like to share with our listeners about pottery maybe to encourage them whether it's pottery or just something creative for their wellness journey um is there any advice or encouragement you'd share with them um yeah I mean just do it you know like don't be afraid to take that time for yourself. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in, in pursuing pottery, fortunately we are at a time where it's becoming much more popular. And so the, uh, the access is definitely growing. Mm-hmm. That wasn't there when I started. I definitely had to seek it out mm-hmm. in some like back corner, back alleys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So if you're, if this is, you know, stimulating somebody to like make that move to go yes. sign up for a class, like just go and do it. And, mm-hmm you know, be gentle with yourself along the way. I mean, I said like pottery isn't easy. There's a, a lot of arts and crafts yeah, things that, that are not easy, but right. the cool thing about committing yourself to something new like that, trying something new, doing something for the first time, even if it isn't art related, um, is so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so don't be afraid to expand out of your comfort zone and, and do something for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it might just end up being your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? Exactly. You might end up like Amanda and go on this whole trans transitional journey of yeah. life and own a pottery studio. Yeah. <laughs> and while like I haven't done one of your classes, I have several of your pieces. Yeah, and we what both I, do. We both yeah. do. And I, what I love about them is that they're like they're pieces that I'm going to have forever, mm-hmm. and they're like to me like I love to decorate my house, and so for me they're just such beautiful, unique, one-of-a-kind pieces that just are so Mm -hmm. special and have so much meaning. And I know there's so much love that was poured into making them. Mm -hmm. And I think so, even if you're, you feel like you don't have a creative bone in your body, go support an artist, you know, who, Uh and, and, and support their, their love and passion for it. Because, um, yeah, I like, I seriously, like I have so many mugs in my cabinets, but I always pull out yours first <laughs> to drink. I was like, oh, you know, I have all these other ones because yours Aww. always, always the first one I use. And then when it's dirty, I'm like, mm, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just love all your pieces and just how I know, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be, you know, hopefully family heirlooms for years to come too. Mm, that makes me so happy. There yeah. is, my soul is in every piece. It's yeah. True. yeah. So I'm glad that you're yeah, you're getting a little piece of that every time you use that mug. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we have two final questions mm. um, as we wrap up today that we ask all of our guests. Uh, guest? Guests? I don't know why I said that, but yes. guest. Um, and yeah, so the first one is, what is something gutsy you have done and how did it make you feel? It could be at any point of your life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think moving mm-hmm. takes a lot of guts. Yeah. Um and sometimes it's a choice to move and sometimes it's just because that's where life takes you and you yeah. have to do it. Um, I think my husband and I, and even before I met my husband, but together we've moved a lot. Yeah. And we set down roots and then we uprooted mm-hmm. and started again. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, I, I mean, and from the White Lotus perspective, like I started it in New Haven. We moved to Texas a year ago, we had a little um, sabbatical year for my husband. And so mm-hmm. we moved to Arlington, Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. Um, and I started the business again there. Mm. And from, you know, from nothing, yeah. uh, including like trying to figure out how to make the space that we rented work as a classroom space. Yeah. And then we moved back and kind of there was less restart because it was the same house and some of the community a lot of the community returned Mm -hmm. uh, when we came back but all of that restart yeah is scary Mm -hmm. and and, or gutsy if you want to use your yeah podcast (laughs) title um it's hard to not know what is gonna happen sure and to choose that anyway Mm -hmm. Uh, so i think yeah i'd say that moving restarting Mm -hmm. But every time we moved, I always committed myself fully to starting 
completely and put my full intention into it and put out my heart every yeah. time we started. And that's, that's gutsy to yeah. be like, this is what I love. This is who I am. The door is open. Welcome, you yeah. know? And then to see that every time I've done that, people have come knocking yeah. or breaking down my door. I mean, I have a waiting list for classes that is growing by the day, which is just so exciting for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I have to figure out how I can say yes to all these people yeah. in some way, shape or form so that they can be a part of what we're doing. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I want, I mean, I want to share it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's been so to, to answer the question fully, like that is the reward is mm-hmm. like to be met with that openness and with that excitement yeah. uh, to be a part of you know, what we're doing, which mm. is making a pot, yeah. sure, but yeah. it's also creating a, a space and mm. a home for people to kind of land yeah. and heal and create. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. I love all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so final question, what has been filling your bucket? Yeah, um, this summer was a lot of adventures uh, with, my, with my whole family um, mm-hmm. and also... I traveled for the first time by myself without my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of our adventures brought me back to my roots on the East Coast. So we we spent some time in New Hampshire where my mom and dad and sister and um, my uh, nephews mm-hmm. all live. And so being able to see them and be back in that that place where I, I grew up. I grew up in New Jersey. So just last weekend I was at the Jersey shore, uh, with all of my aunts and uncles and cousins and, uh, boogie boarding in the Atlantic ocean (laughs) and, uh, you know, sitting on the beach, which is what I did every summer of my life until I left college until I was done with college and had a real job that didn't allow me to bum it out on the beach. Um, But that was like, so fulfilling yeah. To just recharge with the people that were there at the beginning of my life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and reconnect with the places that are so like deeply ingrained in mm-hmm. where I came from. It's like a powerful thing. And so that's that I'm still like a little bit high <laughs> on, on all that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love awesome. Yeah. Personal time is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think women as a whole are really bad about mm-hmm. taking time for themselves whether that's one hour a day or, you know, a half a day somewhere or multiple days away by yourself. It's really important to be Amanda again Mm. and not wife, Amanda, not mom, Amanda, not business owner, Amanda, just Amanda. That's something I learned from my counselor years ago. And it's just like, you have to be just yourself. And all you have to do is say for the next X amount of time, all I have to worry about is me, myself and I, and nobody else. I have no other responsibilities. Cause yeah, it's a complete recharge and reset that really everyone needs. I love that so much. And I felt mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah. I love my kids Oh yeah, to the end. And I love my husband yeah. with all my heart. Yeah. But to, yeah, to you need, like, you need a man time whenever I wanted. was yeah. like so weird. I sat in an airport and then on a train for the better part of like 12 hours, mm-hmm. just listening to podcasts and like watching people walk around. It was like, I just am sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody needs me. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing. I know. Yeah. Those are the best moments. Mm -hmm. Well, Amanda, this has been like the best conversation. Um, Obviously we've known you as a friend for some years now. So this is like all of our worlds combining, Mm -hmm. which has been really exciting for all three of us, I think. So um, where can our listeners discover you like on social media, your website, tell us where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. So the website is whitelotuspottery.com. With the WWW in front. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram is another good place to find me, okay. White Lotus Pottery. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Facebook, White Lotus Pottery. Awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ship your products? I do ship all awesome. over the country and a little international, cool. but that's a little trickier. You got to c- connect with me first. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also have a Instagram that's kind of new just for the studio, which highlights what my students are making, which oh, has fun. been really Very fun and cool. exciting. Yeah. So if you want to see what's happening in the studio, mm-hmm. um, cause like my style is definitely not necessarily for everybody sure. and what I make might, you know, is, is limited to what I make, but it's cool to see what everybody else is doing. So the studio Instagram is white Lotus pottery studio. Okay. Okay. 
on Instagram. Awesome. Well, that I have to check that out. I didn't know you're seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fine. Well, we're going to link all that in the show notes. Um, We encourage you to follow along, check out our stuff. Um, They make great gifts, by the way, if you need a gift for anything. Um, But Amanda, thank you so, so much. This has been like a very bucket filling conversation for us. And we are so glad you're here today. Thanks for inviting me. It's been bucket filling for me too. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us, and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com, and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.